Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey, happy Friday, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Friday morning. I don't know about you guys, but we have been having some of the best weather here where I live. It's just been absolutely gorgeous and sunny, and the leaves are starting to change in all sorts of different colors, and uh, it's just a really pretty view. And uh, now that I have um, some trees in my backyard, it's really nifty to see all the different colors. At my last house, we... uh, (laughs) My backyard did have like shrubbery, but there was no trees and uh, the shrubbery would just turn all brown. So it's kind of nice to see like the trees turning all the different colors and everything. So I'm very thankful recently for the beautiful weather and the beautiful new view that I have on my back porch. It's just really nice to sip my coffee every morning and enjoy the view. So grab your cup of coffee as we uh, read through Exodus chapter 28 today. This is the first time we are in Exodus chapter 28, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14 today. We're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, the building of the tabernacle and everything that went into it. So this is part five of the building of the tabernacle. But even though we're not going to be talking about the actual building today, I think that there's a lot of really cool symbolism in these 14 verses here. So let's go ahead and read this once again, Exodus chapter 28 verses 1 through 14. And I will be reading out the W.E.B. version this morning. Bring Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him near to you from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me in the priest's office. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Athamer, Aaron's sons. You shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to all who are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garments to sanctify him, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. These are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a fitted tunic, a turban, and a sash. They shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and for his sons, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. They shall use the gold, and the blue, and the purple, and the scarlet, and the fine linen. They shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twine linen, the work of the skillful workmen. It shall have two shoulder straps joined to the ends of it, that it may be joined together. The skillfully woven band which it is on shall be like its work and of the same piece of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on the one stone and the names of the six that remain on the other stone in order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings on a signet, you shall engrave the two stones according to the name of the children of Israel. You shall make them to be enclosed in settings of gold. You shall put the two stones on the shoulder straps of the ephod to be stones of memorial for the children of Israel. Aaron shall bear their names before Yahweh on his two shoulders for a memorial. You shall make settings of gold and two chains of pure gold. You shall make them like cords of braided work, and you shall put the braided chains on the settings." 
There's definitely a lot of cool stuff we can talk about here with this uh, passage. But in verse 1, we're talking about Aaron specifically. Now, Aaron was supposed to be the high priest of the children of Israel back then. So Aaron was the the high priest. He was the one that was allowed to go into the most high area. You remember that area that was covered by the curtain. Pretty much Aaron was the only one that was allowed to go in there near the Ark of the Covenant. And then Aaron's sons, he had four sons. It says uh, Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer and Ithamar. Ithamar, I don't know. Ithamar. Those were his four sons and they were going to be other priests. But Aaron, of course, was the high priest uh, who got all of the privileges of the temple itself. And then the other sons got to go into the holy place, but not the most holy place, if that makes sense. So now God is talking about making this beautiful clothing for these priests, for Aaron and for his sons. And what he's talking about here just sounds really, really nifty to me. Everything that he's talking about, he, he talks about the linen uh, made of all sorts of different colors of um, gold and blue and purple and red, which all of these colors would have been the colors of royalty, not to mention linen itself, especially if it was fine linen, like what God's talking about here. That was what uh, kings wore. Kings would wear the linen because first and foremost, it was very, very cooling. Like it didn't get very hot. So it was very cooling. And also it was, um, I believe they used it also for health purposes. So God is basically telling Moses that Aaron and his sons are actually going to be dressed in royal garments. So that's something that's kind of nifty. And we can think about that nowadays. So I think that there's an extreme that sometimes happens in certain churches. And I've actually heard about this before happening in certain uh, denominations of churches where people in the audience or, you know, whoever's doing anything will actually do it poorly so that they don't become prideful in their work and uh, they don't take the glory away from God. And I've heard of that before. And every single time I think about that, I think it's kind of absurd because there is never any time in the Bible where God tells us not to put our best work forward for God. And now even here, he's talking about Aaron being dressed in these beautiful garments for beauty, for him. He wants to see this, this skilled work. He wants this, you know, Aaron to be dressed up for him in a sense. And so I think that is very important for us to, to really make sure that we're doing our best for God. Now that doesn't mean <laughs> there could be another extreme where people dress to the nines to go to church. And, uh, you know, um, and I kind of went to a church like that for a lot of my growing up years. And I also think that that is an extreme where, uh, you know, if I wanted to sing in the choir at my old church, they required us to wear, like we had a dress code. We had to wear stockings and high heels and whatever else, <laughs> especially looking back on it now. It's absurd to, um, to go to that extreme as well. So it, it's important, I think, to not have that pride. I believe in, in like what you're wearing or what you're doing and giving to God, but also not doing something poorly so that you, I mean, that's also a sense of pride in a sense, because <laughs> if you're doing something poorly, you're kind of focusing on yourself a little bit that uh, you want to make sure you don't look prideful. So, so I think that it's important to maintain that balance between, um, you know, not getting prideful over something you're doing for God but also doing it to the best of your ability. So that's a very fine line, I think, that we have to walk. 
And uh, it, it might be difficult at times because, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm singing up in the worship band, here, I'm serious, this is what I do. So I'll be singing up at the worship band in the front and I'll be like, okay, God, please help me sing today. You know, I'm really nervous. I get nervous almost every time. I'm really nervous. You know, I have a phlegmy throat today. <laughs> I need your help. And then God will help me. And typically my phlegmy throat goes away <clears throat> by the time I start singing. And then I'll start singing and I'll just be like, yeah. I sound so good. <laughs> and I do that all the time. And I have to check myself when I have that moment of pride in my brain where I just think it. I have to be like, okay, this is for you, God. This is not for me. This is for you. I'm helping people worship you. And I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. So I think it's important to maintain that fine balance between um, not doing things poorly out of a fake humility, but also not being prideful when you do do something well for God. But, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. My point was with all that was God does want us to put our best work in because he talks about making this beautiful robe for glory and for beauty for Aaron and having the skilled workmen make this robe. And it says here that this beautiful garment that Aaron is supposed to wear is actually supposed to sanctify him. So it's supposed to like basically um, make him clean. And God even says here in verse three, I think this is really cool too. You shall speak to all who are wise hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garments to sanctify him, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. So the people who are working on this stuff are actually filled with God's Holy Spirit. And God is going to kind of coach them onto how to make this stuff in the way that he wants them to make it. And in a good way that Aaron Aaron's garments actually sanctify him. Isn't that interesting? And then it talks about the ephod, which is kind of like, from my understanding of what an ephod is, it's kind of like a, um, like an apron, sort of. So it's like an ephod that uh, has all this beautiful embellishments on it. And it should be made out of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet uh, fine linen. So then God kind of goes into this whole thing about how to make this ephod. First and foremost, like I said, it was supposed to be made of that linen and with the work of the skillful workmen. And it was supposed to have two shoulder straps uh, joined to it. But I believe, once again, I don't know how much sewing goes into this because he kind of talks about this uh, chain of pure gold. In verse 14, it says, two chains of pure gold you should make for it. You shall make them like cords of braided work and you shall put the braided chains on the settings. So the settings, I can imagine like our little circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't explain it. Like I said, I'm not a sewer, but I know what I'm thinking. It's like little circles inside the material that might have like um, like a gold circle. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Hopefully you can you guys are catching this. But those circles have chains on them that like hold it together, if that makes sense. So the garment is not sewn together, but it's held together by those circles and by this beautiful golden chain. Now it also says that God wants them to make these like shoulder pad things that were supposed to hold these onyx stones. And these onyx stones were supposed to be engraved with all the names of the children of Jacob or Israel. You remember learning about all of the uh, children of Jacob back in Genesis. There was um, Reuben, Levi, Simeon, I'm already out of order. <laughs> Reuben, Simeon, Levi, uh, Judah, Issachar, 
you know, it was all of those. And unfortunately, I, I'm drawing a blank, of course, as to all the names of them. But God says to engrave the first six by order of oldest to youngest on one of the uh, stones of the shoulder pad. And then on the other one to do the last six names. So Benjamin would be last and Reuben would be first. I know that. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't tell you some of the ones um, in between there. In fact, many of them are not mentioned uh, very much. But anyway, so these these shoulder straps were supposed to hold these onyx stones. Now, onyx, you guys know, is a black stone that is absolutely super cool looking. I mean, an onyx stone is so deeply black. Like, it's just so unique. If you haven't seen one before, look one up on on uh, the internet. But, I mean, you can see a polished onyx stone is like this gorgeous. In fact, I'm looking at one right now. It's like this really, really pretty polished black stone. And some of them can be really, really deep black. I'm like looking at one right now that's over $1,000. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a very, very black onyx stone. So, um, I mean, these stones would be polished on these uh, shoulder straps here, they'd be polished, they'd be beautiful, they'd be super black, and then they'd have the names of all of the tribes of Israel engraved on them. And then they would be put on the shoulders, and Aaron would have to wear, literally wear, the tribes on his shoulders. And I think that's really unique, because every single time we see uh, throughout the Bible, a lot of times it's talking about bearing things on your shoulders, okay? For example, we always hear how... Uh, Jesus bore our sins on his shoulders. Like we've probably heard that before. Bore is an old fashioned word to mean um, carried our sins on his shoulders. I, I mean, we have already seen with the Ark of the Covenant, it was supposed to be carried on the shoulders. So four men would be carrying God's presence around. And, you know, this was similar to a burden. You know, that's what this signifies is a burden. So because Aaron was the high priest, he would have the burden, the responsibility of all of the tribes of Israel on him. It was his responsibility to make sure that they were remaining holy, that they were sanctified. And that would be a constant reminder to him when he feels these heavy uh, onyx stones on his shoulders and looks over at them and you know glistening in the light that he sees the names of all of the tribes of Israel and how he has a responsibility to them to make sure that they are constantly remaining holy and the interesting thing is is that right now as Moses is talking to God the Israelites are downstairs sitting <laughs> they're at the bottom of the uh, mountain and Aaron who was supposed to be the high priest, who was supposed to be watching out for his people, are actually helping his people sin by worshiping another god. And we'll talk about that later on. But Aaron had a huge responsibility to his people being the high priest. And we see in Hebrews, if you ever read the book of Hebrews, it talks all about how Jesus is now our high priest. And the high priest was somebody who was supposed to allow us to come to God, if that makes sense. Not exactly. The high priest was somebody who had a relationship with God so that we could have a relationship with God, I think is a better way to explain that. So we would go to the high priest. The high priest would, you know, uh, intervene on our behalf to God, and then they would cleanse us of our sins. Now, of course, we don't live under the old covenant anymore, which is all of this, what we're talking about in Exodus. 
We don't live under that anymore. We have Jesus now. We live under the new covenant where Jesus became our high priest. And so now Jesus, it it literally says, Jesus intervenes for us on our behalf to God the Father. So we can actually have a relationship personally with Jesus and with God the Father because Jesus has carried our burden on his shoulders rather than what Aaron is doing back here, which is just symbolically carrying the burden on his shoulders. Jesus has actually done that for us when he came down to the cross and and died for us and then became our high priest as someone who intervenes for us. But here it says, it actually says here in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 28, it says here that um, you shall put the two stones on the shoulder straps of the ephod, to be stones of, rem- of memorial to the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before Yahweh on his two shoulders for a memorial. So yeah, <laughs> Aaron would be coming before Yahweh, and he'd have, you know, all the names of the children of Israel there in front of God, and God would see Aaron, God would see the names, and uh, he would show mercy and compassion, and you know, it's just a really interesting uh a thing here and so much symbolism in all of this every single thing that we talk about has just so much symbolism of what was to come i mean with jesus and with the new covenant and uh, the church you know this is all symbolism of what was to come and you know i said on wednesday that you know god never changes so the fact that this symbolism thousands of years ago before jesus even came to earth is the same as what it was when Jesus came to earth and died for us. And even now, a days, we see this even in the church. You know, we see some of this stuff in the church still to this day. The fact that it has never changed and that God continues to have the same symbolism over and over and over, I think is just really cool. And it just so- sort of shows how God literally never changes. But faithful listeners, this is the end of uh, this episode. I hope you guys liked it. And if you do, please rate it five stars and share it on your social media platforms. But please also go to my website, www.p40ministries.com slash shop. And, uh, you know, the fall designs that I have are not going to be there forever. As soon as the uh, middle of November hits, I'm pretty much going to get rid of those and move on to Christmas. So if you want a cute fall t-shirt or fall design definitely check out the shop and make sure that you get one before it goes away because those are limited edition but anyway guys thank you so much for tuning in once again happy listening and god bless